And so it begins. Let me spin you a tale. And so it starts. Hello, everyone. Hello. And welcome to the first episode of The Ribbon Book Club. Was I supposed to say that? No. Okay, good. <laughs> wow, we're, we're so professional. This is uh, The Ribbon Book Club. Wait, this that's is... not going to like go in, though, right? Do you want to do it over again? Yes, I want you to start okay. it over again, and then you tell me when it's okay for me to talk. Oh, my God. Come on. Uh, come on. Jump in when you feel comfortable. Welcome, everyone. This is the first episode of The Ribbon Book Club. A Dear America podcast. I am Jen Voss. And you got to make eye contact with me. <laughs> I'm Kate Reed. I'm Kate Reed and I have ADHD. <laughs> She's Kate Reed and she was dancing instead of looking at me for the cue. Right. I wasn't paying attention. I Sometimes that happens. <laughs> I think that's a great introduction to what the general vibe of this podcast will be. Um, so we're just going to keep <laughs> going and go with it. Um, for those of you, some of you may know us. We had a previous podcast we ran for years called This Podcast is Haunted. Uh, but that was decidedly a different podcast. Super different. This is not the same show. This is not the same show. I'm not allowed to swear in this show. We have made a rule that uh, since there may be children listening... Specifically Jen's niece. Sorry, Jen's niece. Sorry. Sorry, my niece. I don't know. Can we say her name? Ruby. Uh, which is not to say that this is necessarily for children. It's just that this we are talking about children's books. Wouldn't it be super fun that if like a girl had to do a or a boy, forgive me, mm -hmm. had to do a book report. A child. And they had to get like outside information yeah. about a book. And they listened to our podcast and like referenced it in a paper. That's my deepest wish is to be in a, a a citation. I would be super excited to be in an endnote, yeah. right? Like that would be, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those of you who didn't listen to our previous podcast, uh, uh, let's take a minute and introduce ourselves. So my name is Jen Voss. Um, I am... Uh, Your name is Jen Voss. My name is Jen Voss. I am an archivist. I can say that now. You're very fancy. I'm an archivist. I, I used to be a museum uh, curator, and uh, I've I'm a lifelong history nerd. I uh, these books and the and the American Girl doll books were my gateway drug to history, and so I'm very excited to be reading these again and uh, reading them through a more uh, old older self lens. I thought you were going to say adult lens. I'm like, what book adult are we going to read? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how these books hold up over time. So, yeah, who are you? Tell me about yourself. Uh, my name is Kate Reed. I also used to work in museums. I was a museum educator, and I think a lot of that comes through when I speak. Yeah, uh, I am now in software because your girl's trying to get paid. Yes. Uh, this is this message goes out to all you children. Uh, I really hope that you uh, gain a, a love and passion for history through these books. But just know that if you choose to make history your career, you will be impoverished forever. Forever. Please marry rich. Right. <laughs> marry rich or die try and love will come. <laughs> or join us in the revolution. <laughs> uh, so uh, other things to know about me. I am a Sagittarius and oh, yeah, I yeah. have ADHD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do our whole star chart. Right. <laughs> What's your moon? What's your rising? Uh, Gemini, I'm both. Oh, <laughs> uh huh. This tracks. now think about everything you know about oh, me. Tracks. Does that right? Like a hundred percent. Sagittarius sun, Gemini moon and rising. 
horrific. I have never felt like I've seen you more yeah. than I do at this I do moment. feel quite naked having told you that. Yeah, you are really standing in your truth. Uh, <laughs> for the record, I am a Libra sun with a Sagittarius moon yeah. and a Virgo rising, which I think you could probably guess. <laughs> Virgo makes so much sense for yeah. you. So I will be keeping us on track. Yeah. Well, somebody has to because I am a Sagittarius with ADHD. Yeah. Listen, you're doing your best. I'm really trying. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's a little bit about us. Um, I I wanted to start this show with you because, as I said, I love these books, but you have never read these books. No, I never read them. Even though you know they were certainly very popular when I was a kid. Yeah. At that point in time, I was eschewing anything that was specifically marketed for girls. <laughs> you it, were in your I'm not like other girls' face. Oh God, I had pick me. <laughs> Pick well, me fever until I was, and we'll get to that in, about this book because I feel like there's some parts of this that you can deeply relate to, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. That um, anything that was for girls, like mm-hmm. I never read the Junie B. Jones books. I me never neither. read the Dear America. Oh, well, these Dear mm-hmm. Americas. I yeah. never read American Girl. Uh, I did eventually get into American Girl doll through their cookbooks. <laughs> I have all of them, and I do love. I'm to not. Cook. A, I'm not like other girls. I like to cook. <laughs> I'm not like other girls. I have to be useful to feel like I have worth. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, what a, P.S. We both go to therapy. What a deep read for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad you're here now. I'm glad you are. Just being aggressively honest into a microphone. Embracing your yourself and your girlhood. Yeah. We are reclaiming femininity. Well, and I think a lot of books are specifically marketed for girls. Mm-hmm. I, um, one of the things I do in my spare time is run a little free library. Yeah. Now, all the kids who live on my street are little girls. Oh. It is such a joy Let's and so easy to find cheap picture books for the little girls on my street. Mm-hmm. But finding things that are for boys, mm-hmm. books that are for boys is quite difficult. And yeah. I think that's one of the problems with literacy in America um, you know, boys are told that anything that's feminine, it's like it's like white flight, but for boys. Yeah. Anything that's girly, they're they just they won't touch. And that's why boys don't read. Yeah. Well, and that and that's also something that's taught to them too. I was reading this article, I think written by the author who does the Princess in Black series. Um, are you familiar with this book I'm series? Not, no. I'm vaguely familiar with it because I read part of it at Storytime. Cool. Um, and they're great books, actually. Uh, it's about this this princess who like also does like karate or something. I don't know. She's like kind of a ninja. Rad. Uh, she's rad. And um, apparently those book series have a huge amount of following from both boys and girls. Um, but she, uh, the author said that she would be invited to schools to do like author events um for them but only the girls would be invited so the the teachers the administration would just assume that because you know this has princess in the title that boys aren't going to be interested and that's a real shame uh (laughs) it is so i uh with this book series this is uh geared towards girls uh, because all of the the main characters are girls but there was also an offshoot series that I don't think we're going to get to called My Name is America. And those were all about boys. It's curious how America, if you think about those titles, America is a boy. <laughs> and the girls are writing to him. 
<laughs> yeah, there's kind of something there. We don't need to get into that too deep. <laughs> we'll have to talk to the good people at Scholastic about that one. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so these these are definitely marketed through two girls, but I, I think that there can be um an interest. Um I, I mean I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with boys reading them. I mean because I think of- if I were the mother of a child. Mm-hmm. A mother. I mean, I'm a dog mom. If I were a mother. Right. If my kid could read. Um, <laughs> sorry. <I got> it. <laughs> the idea of Gambit with a book is just ridiculous. Oh like, he's God. not Wishbone at all. I would love a Wishbone series with starring Gambit, but instead of being like the well-read great actor that Wishbone is, it's just Gambit just being Gambit. Right. <laughs> uh, my dog Gambit is a goof and uh, uh, that is all he is. But if I were the yeah. mother of a boy, mm-hmm. I think I would encourage him yeah. I was forgetting pronouns there for a minute. That's okay. They don't matter. Right. <laughs> no, they do matter, but, you know. Right. Gender's I would encourage that kid to read female voices. Yeah. You know, there's this great TikTok trend going around right now where you have to ask the men in your life to name three women that mm-hmm. they aspire to be like and admire. Who aren't related right, to them. Right. They can't be related to you. Yeah. Uh, I did run it by Dan, and he actually did cut my, my husband as Dan. Mm-hmm. He came up with three very good answers. Ooh, what were they? Um, were they? So he talked about Harriet Tubman. He okay. admired her ferocity and like her ability to. And she will just straight up shoot a guy. <laughs> we love that. We love that for her. <laughs> I think that's one of the things Dan likes about me is that I'm. <laughs> You're like, capable of murder. <laughs> I am absolutely capable of murder. <laughs> and I think he like. I think he I think he admires my gumption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so um, Harriet Tubman, he talked about the political ideals of Helen Keller, who was mm-hmm. a democratic socialist. Yeah. Uh, which is both so- something he and I both admire. And I can't remember his third person, but they were cool. And I was like, God. Yeah, that's good Darn answers. it. Those are good I'm answers. I'm trying to think what my answers would be. Well, three is hard. I mean, like. We'll come back to that. Right. You can. But like, I, I definitely think you should quiz your sons and husbands and see what they say because it's very you know men are not trained to think that way so mm-hmm. i would encourage my boys to read female voices yeah well and, and, and normalize and, that uh, something else i was gonna say is that um uh it is much more normalized for girls to read books from boys point of views i mean see harry potter books yeah certainly um <clears throat> by an author who we will not name um and I thought those were oral histories. Yeah, those were oral histories written by Daniel Radcliffe, <laughs> a national treasure, an international treasure. Um, Indeed. Yeah. So this this is all to say that anyone can read these books. They are all from the female perspective. I think if I were an author and I was writing to children, I would write to them like their friends were talking to them, and you would talk to a diary like you're talking to a friend. So as like a young kid, like I think this is why I got into them as a gateway to history like I think it was really interesting to me to read it as more of like a on the ground um like actual like immersive form of history instead Mm -hmm. of like a detached almost like going to a living history museum rather than going to a traditional museum Mm -hmm. yeah for sure um and there's like there's a long history of diaries that are real, real diaries that have been um, uh, fam- famously used as primary sources and also like... Samuel Pepys. Uh, yeah, Samuel Pepys. He wrote a diary in 1600s England. Uh, he wrote about the Great Fire of 1666 uh, that burned down 
half of London. He wrote a great deal about food and what they were eating. So he's frequently referenced mm -hmm. uh, when people are doing cookbooks and recreating historic parties, mm -hmm. which is super fun. I really love cooking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, and you're a great cook. Um, Thanks. I love you, too. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So you, they're great for um, what I find fascinating is like the nitty gritty details of history and not just the broad strokes. Like what are the important, you know, rich white guys doing? Well, and I also think you get a great deal of information that wouldn't have been publicized information. Mm -hmm. For example, um, slang terms and... Wow things that you would have taken for granted like split drawers you know like uh -huh. oh you know she when she oh uh <laughs> this is to say that underwear used to look different yeah underwear <laughs> used to look very very different and it had a different functionality where today we pull down our underwear yeah. typically to you know exercise our bodily functions uh <laughs> they would have exercised those through the split drawers and mm -hmm. they had to function within their underwear in a different way and you learn about that sometimes mm -hmm. through diaries because history doesn't talk about things like that yeah or even like another famous diary is the diary of Anne Frank um where you learn about what it was like to be in hiding in World War II as a young Jewish girl um if you haven't had an opportunity to read the diary of Anne Frank please take the time to do it please do especially in this day and age <laughs> right there's literally no wrong age to read Anne Frank yeah you and there's maybe won't catch all of it when you're for example nine yeah there's multiple editions of it um where they did more or less editing yeah um and so yeah it's it's a fascinating read and a very important read um and yeah an excellent example of the first source, primary source discussions that we're having, even though these books, and I really would, I think it's easy, these are, these books are so well written that it's easy to forget they mm. are fiction. Yeah. Which means they are not true. Yeah. These books are fiction. They are not real. They mm. are not based on real people. They have real people written within the pages, yeah. but the writers are always fictionalized. They are somebody that the author thought up and inserted yeah. into history. Uh, where they interact with real people mm -hmm. and they interact in real situations, but they themselves never existed. And I right. think that's something that we as kids can lose track of. Yeah. Um, and they're definitely written in a way to help you connect to the past. And I think that's partially why I love, I love the minutia of history like that. And I think that it comes directly from this book series. And so I'm very excited to go through it. Um, so we, we've put it off long enough. Do you want to dive in? Let's dive in. Let's dive in. Okay. So this is the first, uh, we're, we're going to be reading every book in this series and I've made the decision that we're going to read it in publication order. Guys, she has like so many spreadsheets. She's been <laughs> so excited about this for about a year. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, and it's by year. I didn't track down exactly what day these were published so if they're slightly out of order forgive me but we're starting with i think a very fitting book to start with um it says uh the diary of remember patience whipple uh, <laughs> and it's called a journey to the new world um so it's set on and they always they always they always say like who the the writer is you know what's the title of it and then it gives you a place and a date so this is the mayflower in 1620 and it's written by Catherine Lasky. So it, this book is not, um, it's not like other um, 
fictionalized diaries like go ask alice where like they very much kind of tried to hide who the author was like they're not trying right. to they're, they're like this is this is a book but they were <clears> trying <throat> to promote go ask alice because it is fear-mongering yeah. they were trying to act like it was a real diary yeah. and Catherine lasky who is the author of this book is not trying to do that no 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 yeah so this is very much just a, a fun trip through history not a warning about the drug epidemic absolutely <laughs> anyway that's a different book uh so this is yeah this is written by Catherine lasky um uh, uh published by scholastic although i think it was originally published by a different house and then scholastic bought it but hmm. that's fine it was published in 1996 yeah 1996 while the events described in some of the characters in this book may be actual Maybe based on actual historical events and real people, people, people. remember Patience Whipple is a <laughs> fictionalized character created by the author and her diary and its epilogue are works of fiction. I think that's cool that they put that in. I just caught that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's yeah. on the same page as my favorite line from the whole book. Which is? Um, today, to today's young immigrants, pilgrims all. Aww. I loved that. Love so that. I, I circled it and I wrote rad next to it. It's a good reminder that unless you are... An indigenous person you in are this country. You are an immigrant. An immigrant. Um, or brought here against your will. Um, <laughs> but still, eventually, an immigrant as well. Yeah, in, in one form or another. So we have some really great info dumping on the first page. So I'm just going to go ahead and read it. Uh, this starts out October 1st, 1620, morning, Mayflower. Uh, 1,150 miles sailed, which I made a note of this. I don't, I wish I had any reference for how far <laughs> i started charting it and then uh -huh. i got bored um so i will say that for people who live in america 1150 miles is like from michigan to vermont or like chicago to new york is about a thousand miles okay that's a decent distance yeah yeah i mean like i think the atlantic is about 2000 miles across now i'm guessing and i'm prepared to be wrong okay but I think that so means they're she's like, just about halfway wow. to mainland. I wonder why she started writing now. Anyway. Um, she got bored and everybody was pooping. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so yes, uh, she starts out, Mem, that's what I answer to. Tis short for remember. Right away, we've got... Virtue names. Virtue names. We've got fun colloquialisms. Tis. That's what oh, I yeah. answer to. Tis. I want to say it in an Irish accent, but she's not. Right. She's not. Tis. Uh, uh, Tis short for remember. My full name being remember Patience Whipple. Uh, Patience was to be my first name, but ma'am, my mother, decided it was wrong. I was squally and impatient. Uh, so right away we're getting some like, I'm not like other pilgrims. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. Uh, da, 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 da. they wanted however to remember my mother's dear sister who had just passed on so they slipped the patients in between for some did, hmm? did you see that in between has a hyphen in hyphen between oh yeah so at the time that this book would have been written um english was not exactly as standardized as it, as it is today today yeah. we would very easily say in between as one word because that exists as one word but back mm -hmm. then it might have been hyphenated um there's actually a lot of non-standard english in this book Mm -hmm. um that for example uh at one point in time she's talking about her grown-ups but yeah. she calls them upgrowns, upgrowns because the language was very very different more mm -hmm. than tis the and they yeah there were just other words that 
weren't thought of as whole words the way we think of them today. Yeah, and grammar. A lot of times she says, I be, um, which is another non-standardism. And it also every time I read that, my mind immediately went to um, uh, the show Ghost, the BBC show. Uh, there's a character, Mary, who's um, from about this period, and she was burned as a witch. Yes. <laughs> and she always goes... I baby. Yeah. <laughs> she talks in that voice, so I was half reading it. In I think voice. it's important to remember that English hasn't always been English. We really only started standardizing English when we began uh, movable print and books became yeah. readily accessible to people. Mm -hmm. So as that technology advanced from the 1490s to the time where this book was written in the 1620s, it's been, what, 130 years? Yeah, and it's important to remember that spelling wasn't standardized no. so like this is they she makes an effort to have that kind of feeling of old language but if she were to go all the way this book would be unreadable right young audiences would struggle <laughs> if it were to be 100 percent accurate so we're going for the vibes you know so we love it. we love it there's aesthetic yeah um so do 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 um uh ma'am says i'm more patient than i once was but i still have a far way to go i'm 12 years old Maybe by the time I'm full grown, say 15. I, I literally wrote ha on the page. 15, yeah. That's a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then For she, those of us listening, mm -hmm. uh, 15 is not grown ups. No. When Ariel says, Father, I'm 16. I'm not a child not anymore. A child. You are a child. You should laugh in her you're, face. You're a child. It's hilarious. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we are journeying to the new world. It is meant, it is the Mayflower that be getting us there slowly. Uh, she measures 90 feet in length and 25 feet in breadth and her, at her broadest point. She is a strong ship, but a plodding one, as she creaks her way across this vast gray Atlantic sea. The reason for our journey is our religion. You see, we are not the Pope's people, nor the King's, really, but God's people. We are saints of the Holy Discipline. Saints, for sure. For short. <sighs> She's in a cult. <laughs> this is a cult. She's in a cult, and it really shaped America. <laughs> this cult is why America is so weird today compared to other nations. Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay, so... <laughs> I mean, they make some valid points in that, you know, we can talk about the history of England, um, and it's split from the Catholic Church, which happened during the reign of Henry VIII. Henry VIII wanted to be able to get divorced. Uh, to do that at that point in time, you kind of had to ask the Pope's permission. And the Pope said no. Right, because he's <laughs> a big fan of Catherine Aragon. She's like a godchild of his or something. Uh, I don't remember. But yeah, it was. she was definitely very Catholic. So yeah. he was like, eh, let's not. Um, and also, they'd already been married for 25 years. Oh, so I know what it for was. Her, Catherine of Aragon's cousin, nephew, was uh, the Holy Roman Emperor, and he had fully taken over he had like invaded the vatican sure <laughs> anyway that's a whole different story <laughs> yep anyway Hopefully we get to that someday oh we will good we will um so they broke from the catholic church formed the church of england which was and still is presided over by the ruling monarch of england the head of the church the first of england. time in my life i've been ashamed of being episcopalian <laughs> episcopalian is the american version of, of anglican we couldn't be having church. church of England after the American Revolution. We had to yeah. call it something else. Yeah, but it's essentially the same thing and is now uh, presided over by King Charles III. One of the things that our youngest listeners will notice as they grow is that religion and faith mm -hmm. often 
have a great deal of influence on each other. Sorry, religious and faith. Forgive me. I stumbled over my words there. Um, religion and politics mm-hmm. are going to have a large effect on the news stories that they read and what sort of, yeah. you know, cultures we have and allies we keep, mm-hmm. um, which means our friends. Um, so the rest of your life, you're going to have to listen to why religion and politics are mm-hmm. so tangled and messy with each other. And it really, it goes very far back, probably since like uh-huh. we invented those two things. Yeah, yeah. And I think the reason why um, this kind of story of the pilgrims coming to quote unquote the new world um, is something that elicits such a response from us is because of how much of an effect it had on our culture. Um, So it wasn't just a matter of them wanting to escape persecution to practice their own religion. Don't get me wrong. That was what they wanted to do. And it goes and this book goes on to talk about, you know, the persecution that they faced, which is bad. We're not. I mean, being drawn and quartered was not a joke. Yeah, we're not defending that. But um, the story is a little bit more nuanced than even this book gets into. And so, you know, it's it's complicated well and as we get to know each other it will become clear that one of the things i struggle with in this world is organized religion oh very much i take a rather dim view of the puritans yeah now much if you end up like hanging people for anything you're wrong yeah and and i will say uh we're gonna keep messing up and saying pure these people were pilgrims we were corrected there's a difference between puritans and pilgrims there certainly is separatists anyway but they're had a similar effect on our culture absolutely (laughs) so yeah we oh man we can't we uh, we can't go through this book as uh thoroughly as i probably would want to but um uh or else this will be a real time like i could probably 10 hours long 10 episodes on this book yeah because i did side reading as well yes you did i also read mayflower flower by nathaniel philbrick um, which I recommend. It is much more academic mm-hmm. uh, than what we are reading, uh, and it it's it it could absolutely be its own class on a lot of these same subjects. Who they are, where they were. It talks. It gives like a map of Leyden, which is the town they lived in yeah. in Holland. Mm-hmm. I also read the Wordy Shipmates by Sarah Vowell, who's one of my favorite writers. She's very funny. She's very dry. Mm-hmm. Um, she has the funniest voice too. If you ever listen to her yeah. on NPR, it's very nasal. Uh, but I love her very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, very well researched. She talks a great deal about the impact that Puritans, separatists, pilgrims, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. had on current American culture. In fact, um, even up into the eighties, Ronald Reagan was using Puritan writings as um, inspiration for. Mm-hmm speeches that he was giving in 1984 when he referred to america as a shining city upon a hill yeah which references the bible as well um but it also it mostly references a sermon given by one of the founders exactly who i believe is in the next couple pages here yeah yeah Um, so she just uh yeah she talks about you know they came from holland because the the puritan or not the the (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to keep saying this and I know I'm wrong, but forgive us. Uh, the it's separatists, the things. saints, we'll call them the, the saints because that, that's what they call themselves. They went to Holland because that's uh, a place that had more religious tolerance. And so they could practice their faith there. And then they went from Holland to 
they formed uh, a company um, and and it, it was it was very much not like a company of like buddies and friends. No, no, like, it was a not corporation. Like a yeah, yeah. This was absolutely <laughs> a money. America yeah. has always been a money making venture. Yeah, which I thought was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that company, the pact that they made with merchants, mm-hmm. like, hey, you sponsor us getting to America, we will plant, we will hunt for you, yeah, we will pack things in salt and barrels and send them back as oddities or exports from the new world exactly and so that was their plan for making money in this new place but also and i think this is interesting maintaining a relationship with england Mm -hmm. um so that they established this cross-atlantic trade yeah it was super important to them yeah this is a english colony they're not thinking that this is going to be a new country but I thought that was ironic also. And there's a lot of ironies in this book. Um, irony is where something is said to be one way and you expect it to be one way and then it isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the ironies that we see in this book is that even though they clearly hate the king and they fear the king, they are still going to this new world under one of the king's charters. So they're yeah. saying, oh, yes, king, we love you so much. We're just going to be over there. Yeah, yeah. And the king is like, oh, I love you so much. Please be safe over there. The king didn't want him the in. The king is he, is just as ready to get rid of them as they are to leave. Exactly. But causing... everybody wants to keep in touch. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. best friends. They're like frenemies. They're frenemies, but they've realized that they have a, a mutual beneficial, you know, Absolutely. prospect. Uh, Some of the other ironies we see in this book are the way that the saints are treated. They fear being drawn and quartered and massacred, yet they go to the new world ready to draw and quarter and massacre and punish (laughs) people within their own society Mm -hmm. uh, very, very harshly. I mean, that's reading into what you know beyond this. Right. Yes. It definitely is beyond this book. Mm -hmm. Uh, But still, you can see some of these examples as they discuss Native Americans as they discuss other peoples, yeah. um, they they clearly there's there's just a lot of irony here. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they're they're looking for religious freedom, but they don't allow religious freedom for others. Yeah, that's a whole. I mean, that's a whole running theme in American history and what still happens today. Uh, yeah, let, let let's go ahead and talk about that because and then we'll get back. So sorry, no, 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 no. Like that's fine. Um, so yeah, they went to this is. This is something that I realized after the fact and something that is not entirely explained in the book, which is one of my slight criticisms of the book. Um, And maybe it's just because of the perspective it's written from. Um, They went to Holland for religious freedom. That's that's very clearly laid out in this book. What is less clearly laid out is that part of the reason why they left Holland or the Netherlands to come to, you know, North America is because Holland was too tolerant. <laughs> uh, the Netherlands is is still famously tolerant. Um, it has legalized a great number of things that um, ha- that they were very much ahead of the curb on legalizing things, practices, and substances that are not that are only now being legalized in the U.S. and other areas. And that is what we'll say about that because Kate's making me a face at me. Well, I don't want to like overshare with your baby niece. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, no, it's fine. I don't um, want to be the person who's explaining sex work to your children. Well, you kind of just did. No. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Holland was was famously too tolerant for the saints. And so they're like, well, we can't stay here. 
And so, and, and another reason why they couldn't stay there, didn't want to stay there was because they saw their children becoming too Dutch. And Absolutely. that, that is actually mentioned in uh, one of these um, ent- entries was that her little baby sister blessing, another great uh, <laughs> virtue name, virtue name. Uh, you ever notice that they only give the virtue names to girls? Yeah. I can't think of a single boy who's named honor or bravery um so i i just i feel like often in cultures that are predominantly run by men Mm -hmm. they make sure that women are exactly up to snuff and reminded all the time to stay in line even with their very names Yeah, yeah yeah but we don't do the same to our sons yeah irritates the heck out of me yeah and they and she kind of lightly touches on that by by having mem be kind of a rebellious young yeah, girl she's impatient she's imp. Imp. yeah and the word imp also means oh. something that's devilish yeah so that's a fun fact um my dad used to call me imp all the time really <laughs> yeah oh that was like cute. his that was like his cute little nickname for me and i was like i didn't really think anything of it until i saw something that was like yeah imp is a devil and i was like oh <laughs> click the cool. coin dropped cool Thanks, Dad. Uh, while we're talking on nicknames for you, because I promised myself I will not, like, I'm I'm going to call you Jeff eventually. Yeah. Uh, I called Jennifer Jeffener, which became Jeff. Yeah. So if you hear me talking, oh, Jeff. Yeah. I mean, my it's co-host. Me. Yeah. Okay. So we've covered. Um, Four pages. We've covered. No, not even that. Uh, we've got. <laughs> so what has happened? She's introducing herself. She's saying we're saints. We came from Holland. We are on our way to the new world. Uh, she mentions that they're all feeling sick, uh, which she calls quizzy. Yes. Which I love. Quizzy is a good word. Mm-hmm. Um, reminds me of queasy. Yeah. I think that's maybe where that's headed. Mm-hmm. Um, so she talks a lot in the early pages about how she's feeling because I think she's like still getting her sea legs. Uh, and she also uh, she talks about like where they came from. And where they're going, they uh, she says they're heading for Northern Virginia, which I believe was the original plan. Uh, but they, well, okay, this is this is a little bit of like we're applying current geography to the past because she says we're heading for North. They say we'd be heading for Northern Virginia near the Hudson River. The Hudson River is in modern day New York State, right? Which so, is quite far away from Virginia. Yeah, so I think you could guess that they're actually heading for modern day New York City. Yes, area. Um, especially because she references Hollanders and the Dutch Dutch people, Van Dykes, mm-hmm. things like that. And they were all pretty well or getting well established New in New York Amsterdam. State at that point in time. Yeah, New Amsterdam. Yeah. However, I think the maps that were created in like the earlier 1500s mm-hmm. call everything that's like New England, the Northern Virginia Territory. Yeah. Because Virginia was the Virgin Queen Mary the First. The name Virginia. Elizabeth the first. Oh, what did I say? But Mary. she was the. Oh, okay, good. That's her sister. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one who wasn't a virgin. Yeah. Uh, she got married. Notably has a child. He's no, in this book. No, she doesn't. Isn't she the mother of James the first? No. Oh, well then. You're thinking of a different Queen Mary. That's Mary, Queen of Scots. I don't think that should be allowed. There's too many Marys. <laughs> and they all intermarry. So anyway, um, I think all of this territory was known as Virginia Territory, like mm-hmm. this whole like New World thing, and it wasn't yeah, it was split basically up the way we think of it. Today. What we would call the United States, they would call Northern Virginia. Yeah. So yeah, that is to say, that's where they're heading. 
Um, that's not where they'll end up. Uh, you know, it gets stormy. Um, she has a lot of feelings about John Billington. Do you know John Billington? He's, I believe, a real historical person. I do not. He's probably in the book that I didn't finish finish. Yeah. Uh, but no. Okay. Well, he is a real person and by all accounts, actually a real jerk. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was an interesting piece of like real um, history thrown right. in there. This guy was this guy a jerk. He's a real troublemaker. Um, there are, but at the same time, later in the book, like a couple pages later, she says yeah. like, bless John Billington. Well, she clearly feels very bad about her feelings. Uh, so she feels guilty about her thoughts. Yeah, which she is a very says Puritan mindset in the in the very entry. She's talking about where they're going. She says, you know, I'm too sick to write. I hate John Billington. Yes. <laughs> so she ends it. And then the very next <coughs> entry, the next entry, she says, storm still blows. God forgive my harsh thoughts on John Billington. God bless John Billington, even though I cannot bear him. Yeah. His brother Francis might be worse. <laughs> um, this actually reminded me of one of my other favorite books. Uh-huh. Um, the author, it's also written as a diary. Yeah. Um, and the young girl is Catholic because this book takes place in the year 1260. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Catherine Called Birdie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of my very favorites. And they just turned it into a very faithful movie adaptation. I still haven't seen it. Oh, it is well worth the time. I gotta see it. It is truly well worth the time. Um, But a lot of times, as you're reading Catherine Called Birdie the novel, Catherine has these harsh thoughts. Yeah. And then she corrects herself later, you know, saying, oh, my mother's the worst person. (sighs) Maybe mom is not so bad. Which is true to both, like, religious guilt, but also true to, like, being a child and being, like, learning to control your emotions. Well, and even being an adult, like, sometimes (laughs) I'm like, I hate this situation, and then I'm like, I'll make it through. Yeah. Right? Like, you just are pretty good at surviving like that. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Mm -hmm. So, and then, you know, her her mam has got the scours, (sighs) and uh, they talk about uh, her father doing uh, the laundry over the side of the, basically with with seawater, which is, you know, saltwater scrubbing. Yeah, the water that you have access to. Um, (laughs) It would be incredibly wasteful to use fresh water. Well, yeah, Yeah, the fresh water they had for drinking was in barrels. They didn't have a freshwater desalinization system that you would have on ships today. Yeah, they make a lot of good points about just like the practicality of life on a ship. Mm -hmm. And she says, please, dear Lord, I do not want to get the scours it is not for my vanity, tis for my petticoats. I'd be wearing only two now instead of the usual three, as we had to triple diaper up my baby sister blessing when she did get the scours. Oh, boy. For clarity, the scours is wild diarrhea. Oh, yeah. Just uncontrollable. Um, people still get sick like that today. Uh-huh. Um, and fortunately, we have really good medicine that can help yeah. with that. But back then, those medicines didn't exist. Right. And it very easily, like, when someone gets it, it could become essentially a cholera epidemic. Yeah. Um, it can get passed around depending on what bacteria If you contaminate the water supply, then that can affect everyone. And cholera is actually really easy to treat now. Right. But it could absolutely kill you. But in it can actually absolutely kill you if you don't know what is going on, which is to say that it basically flushes your entire system of hydration and you die of thirst, essentially. Yeah. You basically, yeah, you die of thirst without even knowing it. Yeah. Um, Dehydration is really scary and it can it's, happen to a lot of people. It sucks. <laughs> Everybody take a drink. Everybody drink water, please. 
Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of bodily functions in this book so far. Um, oh, and then and then uh, she gets to uh, Will Button. Button? Button? I think it's Button. Button. B-U-T-T-E-N. Um, she, he is Deacon Fuller's servant. He's a clever lad. <laughs> and I'm, I, I'm constantly on the lookout for who, who do we ship? I don't know why. She's 12, but I'm still like, you know, there's young love. In some of it's kind books. of the best kind. Yeah. I think it's important to note that Deacon Fuller, the word deacon, mm-hmm. is a person who is a higher up in a church. He's a church leader, maybe not as high as a priest, or, but he would yeah, have like an official position in the community. Uh, My father's a deacon. A deacon is a lay position, yeah. which is to say not an ordained minister. Um, yeah. So, do, do, do. So she's talking about how she likes... Well, you know, he's a clever lad. She doesn't outright say, but it's, you know, it's fine. Um, He he took a pen nib and painted faces on his fingers. And then again, where his thumb joins his hand, each face had a name. And then he be. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like that. Yeah. (laughs) That's a great. uh, That's a great audio. uh, Yeah. (laughs) So if you make a fist, (laughs) put your thumb across and then make your thumb talk. Yeah. yeah. That's what Will Will Button is doing. That's what Kate was doing silently. Well, I just wanted (laughs) you to understand. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So he's entertaining the children uh, by making little hand puppets. Uh, And soon they all stopped crying. Hummy, my friend, and I think he is quite dear. Mm -hmm. That means you think he's dreamy. You think he's dreamy. Also, let's talk about the name Hummy. (laughs) (sighs) Boy, I wish we wouldn't. It means humble, right? No. What is well, it? it's humility. Humility, which, which is, is the same close. thing. Yeah, the same thing. Um, but she doesn't tell it. She doesn't explain that right away. No. And so you're like, hummy. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so because I'm trying to be an adult who's safe for kids, let's drop that subject and keep going. Mm-hmm. Cool. I really enjoyed the next segment when she talks about the history of the Mayflower, that she used to be a Portuguese wine ship. Yeah. A sweet uh, ship. Yeah. As they say. And did you know that she ends up a barn? No, I didn't. When the Mayflower, the Mayflower? retires, oh. her wood, the, her hull was effectively turned over, uh, I believe, in the Yorkshire countryside. So in England. In England. Um, and that doesn't then, sound right. We should have it. Does it still exist? I think it still exists. We should the video it. that I saw chronicling it, they even show the board that says Mayflower. But of course, it says it upside down. Yeah. It was so interesting. I think that video looks like it was taken in the 1970s. Okay. Like it's color video, but it has that 70s quality. I'm going to take a wild guess and say and guess that that was made in 1976. That's a very strong point. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. It's a bicentennial year. It was super interesting. Um, And yes, people in 1976 were absolutely America and its origins. Yeah. Suddenly realized, oh, history is interesting. We should study it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, So she. Yeah. So that's that's fascinating. I think. I agree. I fully think we should take it back. Um, There's a. Graphic in Nathaniel Philbrick's Mayflower that shows the different sections of the ship Mm -hmm. and what happened where. Uh, most of this is happening, most of this book when she's below decks is happening in this eighth segment, which is called In Between Decks. So okay. it's above the hold, but below the... There's also a fun uh, diagram. Graphic at the end of the book. In the, at the back of the book. That's what I always loved about these books is that the end would have um, like a historical note 
But then I would also have a bunch of supplemental images with captions that would explain them. And so you get pictures. There's also a roster of signatures of some of the people on the Mayflower, um, like pictures of what their clothing might have looked like and a psalm um, that they might have sung. Isn't that cool? And some maps. I love it. And then also a copy of the Mayflower Compact of 1620. Yeah. Uh, That Mayflower Compact, she really breezes past when she discusses this. Oh, yeah. Um, in fact, let's save that for when we get up to that in oh, the yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah. Um, but anyway, so this in-between sections is about 15 feet high and 20 feet across. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, not 15 feet, like five feet high. If you're tall, you have to stoop. Ugh. So you are living in very cramped quarters. And people created cabins mm-hmm. on this ship because there was no privacy. It was just an open segment. Yeah, because it was so a So they would hang ship. up petticoats. They would hang up. Yeah. Like small pieces of wood, whatever they could to create a little bit of privacy and like mark off a family section as that family section. <laughs> um, in fact, all three of these books talk about um, what Mem discusses, which is Will Button sleeping in that boat. Yeah. Uh, so that boat be- acting as a bed is uh-huh. historically accurate and occurs in the two nonfiction books as well. Cool. Yeah, I thought so. Um. Yeah. She goes on to uh, list a bunch of fun names for puking, including <laughs> cast, spew, spout, puke. Um, we used to say toss your cookies. Yep. Is that, yeah. That's toss it. your cookies. Yeah. Uh, pray to the porcelain god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. That's a... I'm glad that we still participate in the same... Mm-hmm. You got to come up with fun words. Yeah. If something really vile is happening, you have to joke to cope. Yeah. Oh, that's a fun. Speaking of which. uh, Oh, speaking of uh, fun names, uh, the she talks about how the sailors hate them. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like one sailor that calls us puke stockings. Because they have puke all over their legs yeah, from and throwing up so much. I said it was a solid burn. Um, I mean, sailors don't have a whole lot of patience for non-sailors. Oh, it's a hard yeah. life. It is a hard life, and they get their sea legs, and so they start to, as you do when you, you know. You get a little smug. You get a, When you have learned to cope with something, you see someone else struggling, you uh, sometimes get a little mean about it. Can I tell you that that is something I'm struggling with? Mm-hmm. Um, so for those of you who listen to our previous podcast, you know that I've had a great deal of health struggles, including a coma that I came out of last year. Um, and it's been wild. And I had to deal with a lot and be brave about a lot and put up with a lot. And now, like, mm. when other people are like, oh, I'm scared of that. I'm like, grow up. Yeah. <laughs> but it's something like I'm trying to keep my compassion. Mm-hmm. And so that's something I'm working on for myself. We're all uh, on our own journeys. Yes. Ain't that the truth? Uh, let's keep going. Yeah, what page are you on? <laughs> um, I'm, I, I, I'm kind of sailing through page ten through. Uh, I, let's let's skip ahead a, a little bit because yeah. we're taking our sweet sweet time. Um, she does spend a lot of time just talking about, like, uh, the other people on the boat. Uh, you know, with this notable lack of privacy, she mentions like seeing men. Hairy backs <laughs> and hearing people snore, um, and she gets uh, frustrated when they when there's a storm that blows them back, you know, twenty miles. She's so anxious to be um, where she wants to be. Yeah, and and actually, that was a huge theme that I noticed in this whole book because I was starting to feel it myself. 
is this feeling of like, when are we going to get there? <sighs> I want to just be there. And I think that's really funny that she chose, that Catherine Lasky, the author, chose to have this running theme of impatience and then name the character Patience. Yeah. Um, but the, the diary that we're reading is named Impatience. Impatience. Let's get to where she talks about that. Because um, she, she tells the story. Ah, yes. Here we go. So I'm on page 13. Um, so she's starting to feel a little better. Um, <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. Uh, we are allowed topside and I do not feel sick anymore. Not one speck, speck of the quizzies. We set ourselves in earnest now for the new world. And not only is the ship's course set, but I feel that I too can begin in earnest with my diary. I have a name for you now, but first you must know your history. How you came to be. I shall write that down tomorrow. <laughs> uh, she's, she's one for the cliffhangers. Our mem. I think the author's very deft with that, though. It yeah, keeps you going. It really does. I fully remember reading these books as a kid. And, and one of the fantastic things about them is because they are split up into entries, there's a very easy, like, pace for you to set of like okay i'll just read one more entry yes um also the length of the so the length of the entries being a page page and a half mm -hmm. you just fly through it also helps that the print on these books is like you can see it from space much larger than i remember (laughs) yeah so it's it's a very easy way to 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 like mark your progress and think like oh the next entry is only this long so okay i can read a little further i can read a little further um, and, and these little cliffhangers really keep you wanting to read a little more. Um, so she gets into the story of, of how she gets this diary, uh, which, uh, as she says, be- begins in Holland. Um, and she tells a story about how they were printing secret books in, I think, England, which is very... No, well, they, I, no I, they're in Holland. in Holland. Yeah. It's in Holland, but they're speaking out against the English king and the And bishops. printing such books in England, they would have been snuffed out yeah faux show but it wasn't exactly but safe they in Holland. still yeah it says she she says these books had to be printed in secret for it would be most dangerous if it were found out um and and her my mother and father were among the very few who did know because um her father is a carpenter as she explains and their printing press breaks down and so her father's enlisted to fix the press and so in thanks and in payment for his work they give him some sheets of paper and then her mother ma'am gets them bound um, in leather and she hand stamps uh mem's name on it which is very cute very cute so i think mom is actually how they say it but it's i don't care okay <laughs> I, I think it's just another example of no. the non-standardized English. yeah it might be this non-standard it might be the accent right um that was something i wanted to discuss with you that no was no go ahead that's fine and i appreciate it sorry i have that's so many me, insights you're never gonna being, get me to shut up it's me being stubborn and saying i'm an american that's completely fair and it's spelled m-a-m and i'm gonna say ma'am <laughs> <laughs> and i recognize that the the like m-a apostrophe a-m is like fully pronounced both ma'am and mom yeah yep that's fine i don't care <laughs> Um, do, 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 do. Uh, so I, I liked this insight from mom or ma'am on diaries. 
Yeah. This book is to be like your closest friend. <gasps> yeah. She paused and then said, no, tis closer than your closest friend. Tis like another part of you, a true and real part of you. So I struggled with that so much. Yeah. Because every time I tried to write a diary as a kid, it felt so weird and contrived. Yeah. And I've always admired people who can write in a diary. Now, remember, this is a fictionalized account, but yeah. Samuel Pepys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Diaries do exist. Right. They, um, they exist and people can write to them and it helps. Every time I try to keep a journal, I feel like such a fakey faker. Yeah. And it just feels so weird and I hate it. Can I tell you my, my experience writing a journal as a kid? Yeah. was deeply influenced, as you know, by these books. Sure, certainly. And I was like, so like i had this such like a meta like feeling of importance of like i know these are fake but like people do write real diaries and like what if i wrote a diary and then like later on decades later you know it was used as like an important source and so i was like writing a diary and but like i was writing it in such an with such an air of like yes Dear diary, <laughs> like, doesn't it feel so contrived? It does. It will, especially when you are being extremely egotistical about it and not just using it for normal diary usages. Uh, friends, if you ever kept a diary, um, please write in and tell us about it. Oh my God, can we please read your diary? I we would. I would love nothing. Wouldn't that be like a special like end of the show yeah, thing? Yeah, just like read out like entries. Please send us your if you if you would consent to us right. reading segments of your diary i promise i'm not just gonna like come into your room and rifle through i will share uh i will share as a as a treat at the end if i remember uh what i wrote in my diary okay i can't wait okay i never i got rid of all my diaries I oh i don't have them. i don't have it but i just i fully remember this one just off the top of my head because it's so embarrassing Heavens. so we'll get to that um so yeah she she's you know this is an extension of her and so she decides you know well since you are okay she says if you be like another part of me then you should share my name and if that part be a true and real part it would be false to call you patience it would be more honest and real to call you impatience and for short i think tis best we settle on imp so dear imp this is your name and this is where i wrote a note that uh my dad (laughs) call me that uh, and okay, this is very exciting. In the very next entry, she talks uh, more about humility, her friend, Hummy, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, how they became friends. So her name is Hummy is short for humility, humility Sawyer. Hummy is exactly my age. She was born on the very same day, August 23rd, 1608, which I immediately was like, well, well, well. We can do her star chart because she even says that <laughs> Mem says that she was born uh, just after midnight on that day. And I fully went online and I was like, do, do, do star chart calculator and realized that uh, there isn't a single star chart calculator that goes uh, beyond the year 1900, probably for very good reason. So what is that? A Leo Virgo, Leo Virgo cusp. She is. Yeah, she's a Virgo. But she, but like on the day, the twenty third, anything yeah. that switches on the twenty second, twenty third is a cusp. Like right. Dan is a Le- Dan is a Cancer Gemini cusp. I'm a Libra Scorpio cusp. You are, yeah. 
Um, so, so yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Anyone who wants to do the math and figure out Mem's full star chart. Well, don't forget, there's also been a couple shifts in the calendar that have to be accounted for yeah, exactly. when you're doing that. I'm not going to do that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Seems I'm hard. asking someone else to do okay. it for me. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so we find out then that her mother died in childbirth. Yeah. Which is terrible. And her father spends really this entire book mourning his wife. Yeah. Which is, don't settle everybody. Yeah. It's it's rough. Um, but they she does explain um, that they have a lot of things in common. Um, she says, but is it not as if we were destined to be best friends? There are other things that bond us as well. We, are, we both hate spinning and stitchery. We, we both dared to share... Each, uh, show each other our samplers and they are both the most horrid messes one can ever imagine <laughs> which i uh is another like shorthand i think for the we're not like other girls a little it's yes. very much the Arya versus sansa stark of like oh sansa's great at stitching and Arya doesn't like it that comes up a lot in catherine called birdie as well i low-key hate that as a method of shorthand for like strong female character because i am a very girly girl (laughs) i i love pink and princesses i love pretty dresses um we've been friends for nine years and i don't think i ever would have described you as a girly girl yeah but i love like makeup and hair and pretty things like do you yeah i'm i don't like do full like i don't have a lot of time on my hands but like oh I, this isn't a criticism of the way you look <laughs> really because you look like <laughs> wait i can't say that <laughs> <laughs> i would like it noted that both times it was jen and not kate uh but anyway no i i would say that you are very dark academia which i yeah but that's also a, like a full aesthetic like it the, is. the the classic like i'm not like other girls is like i like sports and sweats and like i'm like i like hanging out with right. boys so i think a really good way of defining that is how you split up on the spice girls Ooh. like who's your favorite spice girl um ruby the spice girls were a band when jen and i were little girls yeah and they were made of five female singers from england and each one had a very distinct like personality type there yep. was sporty spice crazy spice posh spice which means like fancy crazy girly spice is like scary spice scary spice you're right sorry i'm getting old and i had a stroke so um uh ginger spice Mm -hmm. her thing was that she had red hair and she's ginger uh, baby spice who was like oh my mom is my best friend so growing up my favorite was baby spice okay disgusting says a lot about me it does i'm recovering i'm i was sporty spice because of course i was yeah um yeah so like i i don't love when authors use that as a shorthand of like you should care about this female character because she doesn't care about female things i think that's very i think that's a really good and insightful criticism i think it also is a good and insightful criticism of who was who i was as a child and me too right like, I these was, books were written with me in mind and me right <laughs> like i was this person you too. played that pick me stuff too oh yeah yeah it's a thing that it's a it's a process it's called internalized misogyny yeah and That's exactly we are, what it is. are taught by society to, uh, if we embrace fully, f- you know, feminine in quotes, because, you know, what, what does feminine really mean in terms of what hobbies you like? Right. Um, but if you are, you're taught that if you like traditionally feminine things, like, that you're like stitching. Than. It's a pejorative. Or art, you know, like creative things. Like it's, it's, yeah. You it's want to bad. know what's funny? Hmm. 
I totally like stitching now. Yeah, me too. I don't knit regularly. <laughs> yeah. And I was pretty bad at knitting. I like knitting. <laughs> My first scarf really looked like ramen noodles. Yeah. But I tried really hard and it was restful and it was creative and you had to think mm-hmm. while doing something. So like a lot of those things, like people who do embroidery. Yeah blow my flipping mind yeah they're it's some of the most beautiful insightful artwork and here here like i missed out on Mm -hmm. so much i missed out on these books as a kid because i was afraid of being girly because girly is such a pejorative in our society yeah and like i fully loved like dolls and dress up and all that stuff i still deeply love dress up get me any pretty dress and i will wear it a thousand times um i love dress up i don't i never got into dolls i just like struggle i liked polly pocket but she had a horse i think um you can draw a direct line from my interest in dolls to my interest in D &D. fascinating uh anyway so (laughs) this is all to say there's nothing wrong with happening to not enjoy those things but i find that it is too often used as a shorthand for you should like this character because she doesn't like these things. I actually think that's a really wonderful insight, and I think I'll be applying that to other other things in my life. And once you start seeing it, you start seeing it everywhere. I used to hate the color pink. Yeah, me too. My and hair now is we, vividly pink Now right your now. hair is vividly pink, and I am wearing pink. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very pink day. This is a pink room. Uh, yeah. So let's let's move on. Mm-mm. Although these side conversations are also valuable. No, this is that uh, the side conversation. Like, if it weren't for the side conversations, we would just be reading you a book. Reading you a book, which this also would sounds just fun. be an audio book, which is fine, but it's a different thing. Absolutely, I'm just saying that because we're on page 18, right? And we wanted to get to page <laughs> 70 something. There's no way. I think we got to call this early. Um, um, well, I think if we unless jump you ahead, skip ahead. Yeah, let's start skimming. Um, Right here, she's discussing um, all of these things that were happening in Holland. Yeah. How many people were there, what society was like. Yeah. Uh, And then she starts noticing that uh, Blessing reaches out to Mama and says, Danku, Mama, which is how you say thank you in the Netherlands. Yeah, Danka. Danka. And so at that point in time... Well, that was it. You would have thought our dear little blessing had spoke a curse. My mama nearly fainted. And I remember looking at mother as she stared at this little baby. It was written all there on her face. Visions of her children marrying Dutchmen. Can you imagine? (laughs) My husband's Dutch. I'm Dutch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Going to churches with organ music. Such sin. And giving birth to little bishops or something. I love how much the author allows Mem to be slightly dramatic. Yeah. Like, she's dramatic in the way that 12-year-old girls are. Like, it's the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. Um, So then we go on and we talk about moving, you know, back to England and getting this thing underway. Um, Hummy has such a dear little face. Oh, it's a description of Hummy. No, no, no. I wrote a note about this because it's a description of Hummy. P.S. Did I tell you? This is unrelated to the previous. Like, it's completely a non sequitur comment. Right. Did I tell you that Hummy has such a dear little face? Her hair is slightly red. Like, like she doesn't give any physical descriptions of anyone except Hummy. Okay. Uh, so. Well, hang on. Good. Yeah. Her hair is slightly red, like cinnamon. And she has round little cheeks and a round little chin. As if she is made all from circles and then sprinkled with freckles. And to that, I wrote gay yes so gay <laughs> i absolutely think there is a, a reading a, here for because she has no interest in other boys except I mean, like, for a will button. Bit, button 
a little bit. I think this girl is but fortunately she doesn't icon. get hair. <laughs> let's not get attached to Will Button is all I'm saying. Well, let's not. Get, well, but like those are definitely the two that she expresses fondness for, and and Hummy is the only one she describes physically, and she definitely has, in the way um, that young girls often do have a very strong attachment both physically and emotionally to their childhood best friends. Jen, I'm also a little bit in love with you. I know, right? Um, the, yeah, I don't want, uh, this is a tangent, but I was listening to a podcast about the House of the Dragon podcast and they were talking about the relationship between the young girl characters yeah. and, and how that was also kind of queer coded um, because it is a thing for young girls to kind of have that kind of emotion blurred line between their childhood friends um and yeah you're just learning how to express love and emotions towards a friend and sometimes that does kind of get yeah a little blurred and that's fine you're just like filled with crazy hormones yeah when you're when you're growing up and you're discovering new feelings you are testing those waters to see like is this person who i care about very deeply is it just a friend? Is it platonic? Is it yeah. romantic? All those feelings are fine. Totally safe. To explore as you're growing up. Yep. That is just to say I wrote gay in a loving way. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, do, do. So yeah, she, uh, things, uh, there's a, there's a conflict with Elder Brewster who was talking about, um, like the intense ways that the, saints were tortured you know back in england and ma'am is like not into it and she says please stop (laughs) i thought this was interesting and i was disappointed that we never revisit this moment that it doesn't have echoes into the future because some of the other things that the author discusses has a great deal of impact like um Right before the ship's mast breaks, she talks about sharks following the ship and how that's a bad mm. omen. So she does. we use omens a lot. We use foreshadowing a lot and cliffhangers, as you discussed. Yeah. And I thought this was probably my favorite moment in the book. And I thought for sure we'd come back to it. And we don't. And we don't, which I thought was a little disappointing. So, I just wrote a note that says, ma'am is not a true crime girly. <laughs> right. Um, so... Mm. I wrote pilgrims go on to be vicious. How ironic. I was really stuck on the irony. You, here. Yeah. It's really what I took a lot out of. Yeah. Well, um, we'll get to that in a later book that takes place around the 1690s. Good. <laughs> that doesn't happen in this book. So I liked this. Yeah. Um, I think mom spoke truthfully in what she said. I was proud of her, but it was most uncommon, unheard of for a woman to speak out thusly. Yeah. And it disturbed me the way Elder Brewster glared at her for after all he is the ruling elder of the green gate congregation from which we all come in Leiden, which is in holland yeah it does frighten me and now maybe instead of the nightmares about how they did hang and quarter those men i might be having others i shall not forget imp the glare in his eye and how my mother did not flinch one bit but boldly met his eyes good job mom i said yes queen <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, um, and they sail on. Uh, yeah, we've got a couple pages of just item things that are happening on the ship. We meet a little bit about the, um, Billingtons, I believe. Are they the Bilgewaters? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One last word before I stop. Guess who the Bilgewaters, or the Bilges, as I sometimes call them, are tomorrow. I shall reveal 
their true identity. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> anyway. Did, I, I didn't really catch who they are. Are they the Billington? No, because she does not John Bill John and John Billington and Francis Billington She's are are men of the ship as strangers. I recall. Yes, yeah, strangers. That's what the um, so I don't know if we've explained this. Hummy is not a saint. Her family is one of the group of people who are not the sailors, not the saints, but they are the quote strangers. Right. They're just coming to participate in this mm-hmm. new economic opportunity. Uh to make money in the new world and send it back to merchants in the old world. Yeah. When I say the old world, I think of like, like Italy and Poland, <laughs> not so much England. I don't, Why? <laughs> I, there's like a cultural thing there. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. England <laughs> feels more connected to us perhaps. Oh, interesting. Um, <laughs> so here we start talking about people, like some of the accidents that happen on the ship. In addition to the mass breaking, people get swept overboard. Yeah. Um, he had come topside and was scrubbed right off the deck was several minutes before he was hauled in with a boat hook but the sailing master reported that he went under the water some fathoms during this course Mm -hmm. Um, however he does survive Uh, there are other people who die on this shipping cruise and it is not so beneficial Uh, so one of the things I think a major theme in this book is children dealing with death oh yeah so much death like yeah we'll a get really to that surprising amount of death. way more in the second half of this book but <laughs> there we ever get there yeah. um a baby a, is born yeah there's a, and they name it oceanus oceanus yeah born neither here nor there yeah um let's do we want to get to the big death that happens in this first half yeah Let's just go. Let's just skip to that. Cause so this is uh, where our book starts is October 1st. And this brings us to October 27th. Okay. They're now 2,340 miles sailed. So I think that means they have like what? 6,000 left. It's like 3,000 across. Listen, I can't I don't remember. Know. <laughs> so it's Will Button. Yeah. Will Button appears to be getting sick. Um, Will B appears truly not well at all. And Hummy and I cannot understand why Deacon Fuller does not give him more attention. Mm. After all, Deacon Fuller is a doctor. So now, yeah. okay, doctors at this time, don't let him practice on you. I would be dead right now if we lived <laughs> well, in the Well, for multiple reasons, yeah. not just because Probably because I would have been burned at the stake. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> right. Anyway. Politically, they would have gotten me. Uh, but anyway, um, no, uh, the, the doctoring that they did, they still would have been able to treat what Will Button has. And instead... Deacon Fuller, who, again, is a leader of the church. Uh, yeah, and a healer. Um, well, and she says, now you now think you not the Fullers could take a little more time with him as he is their servant, <laughs> to which I wrote, the one where Mem learns about class consciousness. Because yeah. <laughs> she realizes that he doesn't care because he is a servant. Another irony of America. Which is like, you'd think you wouldn't want your help to be... Right, because then they cannot help. help you, as we discovered when all of the Americans died during COVID. Interesting, interesting. Um, so Will Button gets so bad as we can continue. Um, ooh, the, the in the next one. Um, what? Who, oh, he, she goes to. She kind of goes to confront Deacon Fuller and ask for some medicine for Will. And he he says that he only has a little bit left and cannot spare it for save for an emergency. 
Um, and she's like, this is clearly an emergency. Um, and Ooh, this part made yeah, 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 me yeah, mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I just whisper in a small little voice that I'm not proud of. Well, Will is fiercely sick and doesn't have the most awful visions in his fevers. And guess what that horrid man says to me? Profane visions are the result of a profane life. Has nothing to do with the fever. First off, not true. Second of all, dumb. You dumb. can't save somebody's soul if they're dead. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, if this guy's worried about Will Button's profane life, whatever that means, if he's dead, you can't save his soul. Yeah. Yeah. No, th- I just get this so is, bad. This is, <laughs> people ask, will ask me sometimes how, what radicalized me? It's these books. <laughs> I love that. Um, I think it's really important. Like if, if you are to take one thing away from this book in particular, uh-huh. it is this sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is the good stuff. Um, anyway, it gets, it gets rough. Uh, they're taking care of him. Um, <laughs> but there is also a little bit of humor uh, in the way that she deals with the the guilt of like having to rebel a little bit. Um, yeah. So she says, "This is the darkest, the very darkest thing I've ever told you. Only you and and I, only you I can trust. Hummy and I have decided that if Will has not improved by tonight, we are going to steal the draft." Again, I love her drama. It's so fun. Yeah, it's so overdramatic. Like, I love the true, like, like personality that shines through. So um, the next section, which happens on Halloween. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, although, of course, they do not acknowledge Halloween at all. Yeah. Uh, but they notice that um, another doctor on the ship who is a stranger, which yeah. means he's not part of their, he's not a saint. He's he no notices saint. how sick he is, uh, Will. And he decides to make a draft himself, um, and it is supposed to help him. And at the end of her entry, she writes, For all the deacon's pious ways and all his pompous views, this simple stranger knew the true path better. Mm -hmm. And I think that's good. I think there's uh, a lot to learn about that passage. And there's, if I recall, a certain uh, parable in the bible that talks about something similar to this that's uh, called the good samaritan <laughs> yep anyway um unfortunately um the following week november 6th yeah um dear imp will died a few minutes past midnight this night and that's it yeah that's yeah she just leaves it th- I well mean, they, she, she literally she struggled about- effectively two weeks yeah taking care of this boy um this who she is not- might have had a crush on might have Uh, truly tragic no it like i'm yeah it it is like honestly for a 12 year old to be like nursing uh and there's something about him being a peer to her too that is like and and not to say this is her first experience with death because at that time death Death is a lot common a lot more common in public uh than it is now and so she probably is not this was probably not the first person she's seen die no uh but But it's pretty shocking to lose somebody who is your age yes so when i was 14 one of my good friends died in a car crash with her sister Mm. and the morning like it'll affect you the rest of your life like i'm still mourning lexi it's been my morning is old enough to go out to drink right like it's been more than 21 years and you don't get over it. You like, won't... This hugely impacts her whether mm-hmm. or not she continues to talk about it in this book. Exactly. You'll never stop thinking about what 
life that person could have had when it's so tragically cut short and it's, and she's very aware yeah. of her time and place in her next diary entry that same day hmm. um 43 north 2835 miles from england i shall never forget those numbers i know exactly where i was when, like i know the date yeah. i think about it every year yeah i remember lexi's birthday like those things you just hold on to yeah and she she talks about how they like um they i mean they had a burial at sea and they and she she said had we flowers hummy and i would have tossed them over to mark the spot but we had none so we took a knife to the hems of each of our one or of our extra dresses mine be red and hummies be blue we cut strips from them and then when lark lark is a nickname she has for like a 18 year old girl on the ship yeah so when lark saw what we were doing she right there and then sat down and took the knife to her own dress the very one she was wearing with these strips we braided a colorful braid with some white from our most under petticoats and so when they took will topside to slip him over as the prayers were being spoken hummy and i together tossed the braid into the sea just as the water closed over dear will button's head like that is Remember earlier when they said that sharks were following the ship? Uh This right here is why sharks followed ships. Um, A lot of breeds of sharks that did not live in specifically the Caribbean Mm. uh, during what we call the triangle trade, which is the slave trade between Europe, uh, South America, uh, North America, and Africa. um, A lot of sharks took to following ships because often slaves were tossed overboard Mm-hmm. To keep the rest of the slaves in yeah. check. And and I'll just point out enslaved Africans. Oh, thank you. Yes. That's, thank you. Sorry. sorry. Terminology changes over time. And that's one of those terms that when we were in Great in, in college, even, yeah. that's what they were referred to as. And so if we ever slip up, it's not because we are trying to dehumanize people. It's because it's just you just yeah, learn certain terms. We do the best we can. Yeah. Anyway. So, Will Button has perished, um, and soon we start going topside because the weather's getting a little bit better, and then land ahoy. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. So, we are going to stop there, um, and we will pick up with them being by the land. Yeah. Um, Which is not a slow process either, so we, no. they will still be on Mayflower until like section three but we're going to cover section two and three in the next episode <laughs> yes we will all right jeffrey this was fantastic yeah welcome to our new show welcome to our new show uh i hope you all enjoyed it uh as much as we enjoyed making it um please oh oh okay to to end i will tell you about my embarrassing diary entry oh yes yes let me settle uh, back if Can't you wait. have if you have a diary entry you would like to share with us or if, even if you want to just write in and share with us your uh, impressions of the books that we're reading or your memories of them, uh, please write in. Um, our email it will be listed in the description because I can't remember it off the top of my head. <laughs> we have so many emails uh, now. Yeah. So uh, me uh, writing a diary, uh, being very deeply self-important. Um, I was a little older than Mem. I, I think this was in middle school. I would have been, I think, a year older than her. <laughs> It was, um, I got my first period. Oh. And I knew this was coming because my mother had given me the care and keeping of you by the American, by the Pleasant. Thank you, Pleasant Company. Thank you, Pleasant Company, for teaching me about my body. 
That book was so radical. Low key, that book is very important. Yeah. And if actually, it's still in publication. Yeah. I, if you are a young reader, uh, especially if um, you have a uterus and things like that, and your school is not providing you enough, because uh, I guarantee education. if you live in America, you don't know enough. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so anyway, uh, I would definitely recommend checking that book out from your local library. Uh, I hope you all get library cards. Get library cards. Um, learn about your body. It's not embarrassing or shameful. Um, but this is funny. Um, <laughs> I got my period and I knew it was coming, but it was still a little unexpected. I had come home from school where I was, of course, wearing khaki pants. Naturally. And my mom's like, oh, do you have something on the back of your pants? Oh, no. And I was like, oh, it was like a rainy day in March. And so I was like, oh, I just tracked some mud. And she's like, mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't know. I was like, okay, I'm going to go upstairs and go to the bathroom. And I, you know, went Horror to the bathroom show. and realized that there was, you know, a murder scene, murder scene in my underwear. Um, and, you know, cried for my mom and blah, blah, blah. She helped me get a pad and, you know, all that good mom stuff. And so later that day, I was writing in my diary and I wrote, <clears throat> I, Jen Voss, am wearing a pad. <laughs> It was, oh Jeffrey! It was, <laughs> oh baby Jeffrey! Oh, it was. I remember it to this day because I was just so like, this is a moment, right? This, this is, is a moment that I need to remember. If you get to be dramatic it, over one thing, it's getting your please, period for the first please time. be dramatic about uh, an important life step in becoming a woman. I didn't cry about it, but the first time I tried to use a tampon, I had a full on panic attack. Oh, I couldn't use a tampon until post-college sure. i was just too scared also i was trying to use cardboard applicators which are terrible oh god switch to plastic please it's okay so there's I mean, much worse things there i'm sure uh, yeah. uses of plastic than... did you know that in the like in other places in the world they just have oh like, you just use your finger yeah yeah i've used those too I, I can use i can do that now but not first time um so in on that note uh we are all on this wonderful journey of girlhood to womanhood <laughs> and i'm 35 and that's still true yeah <laughs> um i'm excited to get some of you guys's diary entries please, please write in um even if you're embarrassed there's nothing to be embarrassed and about listen i just told you about mine and i feel like i set the bar pretty high for embarrassment <laughs> right. um so please write in um also just you know befriend us on the internet we're out there um, oh yeah i will list the things in the description um, but we we love you already. This yeah. has been a delight. Thank you so much for listening. I'm excited for our next episode. Yeah. Until then, I don't know. We don't have a sign off yet. Bye. We'll work on that. Bye. <laughs>